Thank you. We'll be back in uh, special guest when we come back. He he knows everything. Little Jags, little Gators. I have no idea how he golfed today, but we're about to find out. It's coming up next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Wednesday edition of the show on the road once again. I uh, do want to give you a little bit of a heads up for next week. Next week's going to be a cool week for us, at least. We think it's cool. Hopefully you do, too. Uh, but on Monday will be our 100th show. Yeah, we're counting. So we're going to celebrate a little bit. And all week long, not just on Monday, we're going to give away some $100 gift cards uh, to listeners. So make sure you uh, listen next week and hopefully every single day and jump in and uh, win some cool stuff. Uh, courtesy of our celebration for our 100th show, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN uh, 690. Hopefully, it will be uh, we'll, we'll celebrate with a thousand. I'm not sure um, we'll be giving away $1,000 gift cards someday, but we figured what the heck on the 100th we'll do that. Also, next week we are going to start a segment for the month of June where we check in with former Jags players, uh, even though we check in with. A former Jags player every day on this show yep. in Austin Lane. So you're sick of me. <laughs> but uh, the 25th season of the Jags. So in the 5 o'clock hour starting next Monday, we are going to check in with a different Jags player every single show. Uh, next Monday it will be Jimmy Smith to lead us off. So more information to come on all of that, but we're having some fun uh, in the month of June with uh, the Jaguars and also uh, celebrating a little bit of a milestone here on ESPN 690. Speaking of having some fun, this guy always has some fun. Joined by uh, the Associated Press's Mark Long right now, and he played in our little golf event today, whatever the heck we're calling it. (laughs) Have we come up with a name for this thing? I have no idea what to call it. I think the Brent Martineau Invitational (laughs) sounds good, especially since you won it. I mean, I'm I'm in for that, Brent. That's been for some kind of cure or something like that, right? Like the Brent Martineau uh, Tour for something. (laughs) Boring Wednesday. What do you want to cure? I don't know, man. What are you into? Everything. What are you into, man? I don't care. (laughs) What did you say, Scott? I said it's the cure for boring Wednesdays. Cure for boring Wednesdays. There we go. Wednesdays without Jags. Um, We'll find a cure for it uh, somehow or another. But it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys played. You had uh, uh, Mark Long, Mike DiRocco. uh, Gary Smith and Tad Dickman. Gary Smith and Tad Dickman from the Jags. How was... uh, Teacher's pet. Yeah, very good. How much did you get some inside info? Uh, A little bit, but but nothing I can share, but always a little bit. I'll buy you a drink. You're not later. doing a good job if you're not getting a little bit. Uh, you guys had a good group, though. Good. I mean, you were about 25 minutes ahead of us, so I have no idea how yeah, you guys played. Yeah, uh, Dickman played really well. Shot an 87. I shot 89. Very good. Newly engaged, Tad uh, Dickman. Yes, and then Duraco and and Smitter were were bringing up the rear. I've played with. I've known Smitter for 15 years. The worst I've ever seen him shoot, and he shot a 115. So, Should, well, no, nobody really covers golf better than no. Gary Smith in Jacksonville. He used to be, and he used to be a like twelve to fourteen handicap. He used to be, I mean, shooting the eighties every time I played with him. And so. I and I love Gary. I would call him Gary because he's got two R's. <laughs> but I don't understand how a guy that covers that much golf can have a swing that looks like that. Um, oh, it's not good. It's, it's not good. But he says. You've had wrist surgery, and he's had two shoulder injuries, and it's like 
It's hard to get the club up. Yeah, that's, uh, there you go. That's some fair shoulder enough. Issues. So you guys had some fun. He's uh, 62 uh, years old, so there's that too. Is that is that there he is? Well, he's a young 60, 62. I think he might be 63. Spunky 63. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, Adrian Ebhard's coming back. You cover the Gators. Uh, you bounce back between the Gators and the Jaguars and, and a bunch of different stuff for the Associated Press. Uh, not surprising, I don't think, in my mind. How about in yours? Um, no, it's not surprising. It was obviously the logical choice when he didn't get invited to the NBA Combine. You kind of had a sense that that's uh, where this thing was headed. But if you talk to Mike White, he'll tell you he had no idea. Uh, the kid's really? dad is very involved, and the kid's dad had big expectations for him. And I think they came to school thinking they were one and done. And the dad wanted him to go explore this thing, use the rules to his advantage, and I think it makes sense because when he does go pro, whether it's next year, the year after, or whenever, he'll have gone through all this. Yeah, so you, you've experienced the NBA at least working out for teams. Now, he, he did go to the, the G League Developmental Combine, which was right before the NBA Combine, and then he worked out as recently as yesterday. He worked out in L.A. for a, a number of NBA teams. So he, he got in front of teams. He showed them what he's capable of. Uh, you look at him, he's six foot five. Got all the passing prowess of, of anybody in college basketball. Really good kid. Late in the season, he started shooting the ball a little bit better. But he obviously has areas that he needs to work on. I think he averaged 8 points, 5.9 rebounds, and 2.9 assists, something like I mean, 5.9 assists and 2.9 rebounds. So he's got some areas of his game that he works on. But when you look at him, he's an unbelievable passer. He's got the size, six foot five. And if he shoots a little bit better, he'll be an NBA player. I don't think there's any doubt. Absolutely. I think the question is, when you have the talents of this guy, the vision and the size from that position, I think you wonder, can he get to be a lottery pick? Do you think Can he be a top 10, top 15 pick in the NBA draft? Whether it's two years from now or next year, does he have that in him in your opinion? I think he does. I, I think when you see a guy at his size, six foot five, point guard, with his passing ability, I yeah, you, you think... Absolutely. If he can shoot, he's got to shoot the ball shoot a, little a little better. Bit. He shot yeah. 41% from the floor, I think 37% from three-point range. Much better later in the year from three-point range. He's got a little bit of an unorthodox shot, uh, but they're, it's good enough that they're not going to tweak with it. Um, but uh, I think I certainly think he's he's got the ability to step up there. I think he needs he could be a three or four-year guy, and I think that would only help him uh, get to that level. I'm not sure in, in one more year. With the the talent they've got coming in, I'm not sure he's going to get enough shots to be a lottery pick next year. Uh, but a, you know, passing's a premium in the NBA. It's yes, a it it's a it's a up and down sport that if you can play the point, if you're six foot five and you can play the point and you can shoot a little bit and distribute the ball, that's that's where the game's at nowadays. Yeah, the uh, you just mentioned something. Let's say he stays for two more years which I think would be great for Mike White because I think this next two years is a big-time opportunity in their window with the recruits they've got coming in. I mean, they've got five stars and they're four stars, and they've got a lot of talent now. Do you agree? I think they're a Final Four contender right now. Right now. With him coming back next year, I think when you you give the nucleus that they've got coming back, the guys they ran off, uh, and then the guys they got coming in, Trey Mann, uh, Scotty, why can I think of Scotty's name? Uh, anyway, they got a, they, it's, it's Mike White's best recruiting class yeah. coming in with Omar Payne, uh, Trey Mann, and Scotty. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just call him Scotty. And uh, those three guys are but he's you know, not you a five star guy. Two McDonald, yeah, two yeah. McDonald All Americans. So you know you've got the people there, and uh, that's only going to help them. And you you throw in those three guys that they return, 
And uh, you Scotty Lewis, I'm sorry. Scotty Lewis, thank Scotty, you, sir. Yeah, you're welcome. Scotty sorry. Lewis, yep. McDonald's All American. Scotty Lewis, uh, Trey Mann, McDonald's All American. So you got two two McDonald's guys, uh, and then you got those three guys from last year who are going to be the nucleus of this team. You hope that you get Isaiah Stokes. You hope that that uh, Gorjon Gak, maybe those two guys take a step coming back, and all of a sudden you've got a pretty good team right there. That's one through five. As as good as anybody probably in the SEC. Yeah, and I like Mike White. I said it earlier when we were yep. talking about Nebhard coming back. I, but I think this is a golden opportunity. I, I didn't final four. We'll see, but I do think the next two years are, are big. Uh, you've been out of every Jags practice. Uh, what's your take so far? Obviously, the absence of Nick Foles. Uh, I don't really think there's much to discuss there. But what's your take uh, overall of these first four practices and? And what should we get excited about with the Jags and, and overhype, and then we'll possibly be disappointed. <laughs> well, it, it's really hard. It's really hard, and I think Austin would would verify this. It's really hard to gauge a lot on the lines of scrimmage when you're in, you know, underwear, as mm. Doug Marone calls it. Mm-hmm. It's just you really can't tell. I mean, I love to one-on-one drills are the best drills. Offensive line, defensive line are the best drills of training camp. You don't see any of that this time of year. So I anything in the trenches, I just kind of throw out. And to me, this is. It's uh, passing practice. It's you know, so I, I think you can see a little bit from the quarterback, but I look at receivers, DBs. That's where that's where I look. Maybe even the receivers more than anything. To me, two guys who stood out: Keelan Cole, and and then Josh Oliver. I think Josh Oliver. I until yesterday he had a false start and a drop. Until yesterday, I thought he had been the the, the best rookie and maybe one of the best players out there on the field. The first three or four practices, three practices, and then Keelan Cole had a really good day yesterday. I thought he was was unbelievable. Caught everything thrown his way. Mm-hmm. Was a real key target for them, uh, and that's I think that's unbelievably promising because I'm not sure how good this receiving core is. I think they had a chance to be really good, but I know that if they're going to be really good, Keelan Cole's got to be part of it. The biggest thing I think with Josh Oliver going forward here too is. Once the pads do come on, um, if he still keeps showing up, you know, because kind of the knock on Josh Oliver coming out of college, and granted, he's he's at a tight end position, which is it's kind of new to him, you know. He was recruited as a defensive end, so he has that defensive uh, end outside linebacker mentality, which I like in a tight end because that means he's not afraid to hit somebody. So I'm really curious to see if he has been working on his blocking a little bit and if he can be a complete tight end because he was brought to Jacksonville and drafted as the receiving threat, which we've been kind of seeing in OTAs a little bit. But it's I'm curious to see if he take the next step and actually be a dual threat guy. Or it doesn't be a dual threat guy, just a guy that can be consistent in in in, in the run blocking as a tight end because you don't have to blow guys off the line. I mean, there's plenty of tight ends in the league right now that are finesse-type uh, type players th- that can zone block. So if Oliver can do that, he he might be starting right off the bat. It's huge if he can block. That's the yeah. thing. I don't. The expectations for him to block, for me, mm-hmm. are unbelievably low. Exactly. I think he can be effective if he can be a pass-catching tight end for this team. Mm-hmm. But I do think if, if he can develop that other side of the game, which is important, absolutely important, if he can 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 kind of hone those skills and take that step, then he's going to be a real threat. But uh, I think, you know, to me, his hands, his ability, his athletic ability, all that, the way he runs have just been uh, spot on through four practices. And especially as a guy you can see in the red zone, being in that red zone threat, something that's kind of been lacking in Jacksonville a little bit. So I think, I mean, you know, if, if you get down to the goal line and you want to do a play action with Fournette, throw it up to Oliver, man. You think he's going to go get it. And then you throw in the fact that Nick Foles has a history of, of playing well with the tight end, of finding his tight ends, dumping the ball off to running back tight ends. I mean, that that only plays to to his advantage for coming into the system. And I'm not sure you can play with a better offensive coordinator in the NFL right now if you're a tight end. Uh, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I mean, with you. The, the yeah. guy loves him. Uh, yeah, and he loves him, and he's got, 
you know, the experience. So, you know, we go back and the Zach Ertz, I mean, the guy's just, you know. Yeah, that's what the that's what you gotta you gotta hope that Josh Oliver, you know, let's not say he's gonna be Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, but you hope that he's get he gets the opportunity that those guys got early in their careers because of Nick Foles, because of their offensive coordinator. Well, let me ask this quick question. Um, you know, you mentioned Nick Foles throwing to the running backs. He had Sproles back in the day. He had a lot of great receiving running backs. I mean, set aside from Fournette, do you see <laughs> another running back right now that can that can you bring in on third down and catch some balls? I I don't actually. It's funny. I thought Benny Cunningham was that guy, and he's missed all four OTAs because of injury. He's been working on the side, so I'm not sure who their third down back. I know they think Leonard Fournette can be a three down back, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they hope that you take a guy fourth overall. You hope he can be all three downs. I know this. I know that watching Leonard for for three years now, two and a half years, all those questions about his pass catching ability were overrated. Because the guy's got good hands, yeah, he he's got good sense. vision. He go get he can go get a ball. He can get a ball that's not perfectly thrown. Uh, and then he's really good with the with you know once he gets the ball in his hands in the open field. So, uh, but I, to your point, I think Benny Cunningham is that guy. Uh, to be a third down, change of pace kind of guy, just got to get him on the field. Scott tried to play us out to break, and we totally ignored it. Uh, so we got to go to break, but one quick uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. restart that music. Thanks, Scott. Uh, we're one uh, player who will emerge at wide receiver. We were actually having this conversation, I think, yesterday on the bleachers watching practice. Uh, who's your guy, if you have to pick, has the most receptions on this receiving core? We're going to talk about it next, too. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Chris Conley. I just think wow, you watch the guy, guy he just looks the part. He looks like a pro. He gets in and out of his breaks. He's got great hands. I haven't seen him drop a ball yet. Uh, he really looks like what you wanted Moncrief to be last year. He looks like he's he's got a, a better chance to be that this year. Yeah, there's a lot to like about uh, Chris Conley, and I'm sure you've talked to him too. He's, yeah. a, he's a great guy to talk to. And the guy A.J. Boye mentioned yesterday as someone who's impressed him uh, right away. Mark- a real pro, and that's what I think this team lacked the last couple of years. And you look at who they brought in. When you talk about Nick Foles, you talk about Chris Conley, you talk about Benny Cunningham, some of those guys, they brought in a lot of real pros, mature guys. Especially on that side of the ball. Mark Long, good to catch up with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming out today to Southampton, playing some golf as well. We'll be back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Talk more about that receiving core next. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the TuneIn Radio app. If you're watching on the video feed, Austin Lane getting into this on, bumper music. Gabriel, I mean, let's go, man. he is Come on, digging what Scott is playing. Oh, Peter Gabriel. Oh. That's Clapton, fool. Is it really Clapton? <laughs> well, what Eric Clapton one is it? You know what I really it's wish? I, I wish I was talented enough to be I able to fire back at you that. But oh. I just had no idea either. Are you sure it's not Sledgehammer? I'm positive that it's not Sledgehammer. He's going to die on this hill. I will die on the hill all day. Uh, good to have Mark Long stop by from the Associated Press. Uh, goes out to the Jags all the time. Obviously knows the Gators well, too. Uh, now we see him down at the NASCAR stuff at Daytona. So he covers a little bit of everything uh, for the Associated Press. Has been for a long time. Part of our little golf outing uh, here today at the Golf Club at Southampton. We might have to have Coos on to explain himself in just a minute or two. Oh, yeah. Uh, might have to get back excuses. to that. Let's do it. Can't yeah. wait. Uh, we'll definitely do it. But I want to stay on what we were talking about with Mark Long. He said Chris Conley. And that, that's my guy as well. That's interesting. I'm going to disagree with you guys on that front. I mean, from a go-to emerging player, uh, so you're basically think that Chris Conley will lead this team in re- receptions, and and I'm not going to hang up too much on that. You know, no, if yeah. it's if it's 
52 catches to 50 catches. That's not what I mean. Yeah. I'm trying to find the guy that might catch 75, and the other guys might only have 55. The guy that's being targeted 10 times a game might catch seven balls or eight passes. Uh, who who is that guy? And you guys lean Chris Conley, and I, that that could, that would be a great surprise. By the way, the value on that, if it is Chris Conley, would would be spectacular but, for Nick Foles and the Jaguars. Would it really be a surprise though? Because you have Chris Conley, a guy who's been consistent his entire career, who had an injury um, right before he was having the best career, um, best season uh, of his life. He comes back, and all of a sudden you got Tyree Kill, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Sammy Watkins, and they bring on Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, I think it was just a guy that got lost in the fold. Now, when there were injuries, when Sammy Watkins was hurt, and Conley was you know kind of thrown in that position. Uh, Conley shined, and that's I mean, it could be a testament to having the best quarterback in the league last year. But uh, I think it's also a testament just to what kind of player he really is, and I think he's really consistent. I think he's got the most credentials on anybody in that Jacksonville Jago wide receiver room right now, and I think him and Foles have built a little rapport as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be taking Chris Conley all day. That's uh again, I'm going to disagree. I'd, I'd love, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I think he's a two-and-a-half to three receiver in the NFL. Now, mm-hmm. on this roster, you can be a three receiver that's really like a two receiver on this one, yeah. or a 1B even, mm-hmm. because we are unsure who the number one wide receiver on this team is. That's why we're talking about it a little bit. That's why the, the topic exists, and it kind of got us on this topic because of the interest the Jags have in Terrell Pryor. And if they, they're going to work him out, according to Ian Rappaport, if... They work him out even if they sign him. I don't know what the heck the expectations will be for Terrell Pryor. So I'm not going silly on that. But I do think they have people with potential in that room. I do think that's why they didn't go crazy and and go grab someone in free agency. You know, I was on the Antonio Brown thing for a long time. (laughs) Go find a guy that you can go to. Um, They don't necessarily have that. But I do think last year was an indicator that they started to go to D.D. Westbrook. Uh, we had an interview with D.D. Westbrook last week. You could sense and hear his maturity three years into the NFL. He's put on about 10 pounds of muscle, beefed up a little bit, uh, even though he is kind of slighter of frame. Uh, he's He can play a physical brand of football. He's not afraid of that uh, in the NFL. So I really liked what I saw from D.D. last year, especially the second half, when he was really the only guy they could go to. And so I still lean on D.D. Westbrook. I think D.D. Westbrook is the guy they need to target early in the year. I think he is the guy that you look up at the end of the season, and he had six catches in week one, eight catches in week two. Might have dropped down to five catches in week three, but he was back up to eight catches in week four. And you start going through that now and and, and going through the the part of the season, I think the numbers just added up to like 27 catches or whatever that I threw out there. Uh, Now you're talking a guy that even if he, he doesn't do that week in, week out, but he does that three-quarters of the season, well, now he's up around 80 catches. I think that's possible for D.D. Westbrook. I find it hard to see anybody else on this roster that I would say has a 75 to 85 uh, catch potential. We have to remember, if the John Filippo offense is anything like the, what they ran in Philly, I mean, yes, Alshon Jeffrey was the one receiver, but Nelson Aguilar really cemented himself as a, a good bona fide two receiver and uh, helped get them to the playoffs and eventually to the Super Bowl. So we have to remember, um, we have to look at who the two receiver is going to be, whether it's Marquise Lee, whether it's Chris Conley. Those guys could be set up for big numbers as well, because if it's anything like the Philadelphia Eagles offense from the Super Bowl year, uh, they're going to use that two a lot. Well, and then there's three giant X factors for the Jaguars. There's DJ Chark. Where does he go from here? 
Where, is DJ Chark really a second-round value? By the way, when the Jaguars drafted DJ Chark in the second round, they thought he was a first-round value. Now, I'm, I'm convinced all GMs say that. <laughs> they got him in the second, even though he's a first-round value. But I do think they, they like his potential, and obviously to get downfield, and he made a couple of nice catches, but he has to show off his hands a little bit more. He was fantastic on special teams. He was tremendous on special teams. He was fun to watch on special teams. Who's fun to watch on special teams? Like, your eye doesn't usually go that. I, my eye went to DJ Chark every time they punted the football. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was fun to watch him get down the field and be the first guy down there. So, can he emerge at all and, and help you out? Can he be a 40 to 50 catch guy? Can he be a big play guy at times? I don't think he's your 7 to 8 catch a game player, but I think he has big play capability. And then you talk about X-Factors, where is Keelan Cole? Is he 2017 receiver? Is he 2018 receiver? Is he the guy that goes away for the rest of the year last year? Or is he the guy that makes the big catch against the New England Patriots? The big catch against the Seattle Seahawks the year prior? I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know which one. It scares me that he was an undrafted free agent. It's not like he was looked at as this ultra-talented guy coming out. So, and now he was coming out of small school, so that didn't help him um, from being catching everybody's eye. But I wonder what Keelan Cole is, if I'm being honest. I, I just still don't know, and I think we're about to find out probably in the first half of this year. And then speaking of the first half of this year, I still think you're not going to get a lot about out of Marquise Lee. That was a devastating knee injury in the preseason last year. He probably won't even be back to full go toward the end of August leading into the season, and I'm telling you folks, I think it's it's proven. I think if you go back and watch it, I think 9 out of 10 times, guys that come off these kind of injuries take the first half of the year to find themselves. They are not robots and machines. You are not comfortable with the knee. You're not comfortable being out there. You have to test it. You have to convince yourself, I think, that you're fine and you're 100% and everything's back to normal. So I think it will take the first half of this schedule for Marquise Lee to be the Marquise Lee he thinks he can be. And I'm not really sure what the fan base and and everybody else kind of thinks Marquise Lee can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Marquise Lee is the guy that signed a four-year, $42 million deal, if he's the guy that you've seen the first four years of his career win healthy, what do you expect from Marquise? That's a good point. And we have to remember, I mean, coming off the knee injury – at the wide receiver position. It's one thing to play offensive line. It's another thing to be a defensive lineman. But when you're talking about a wide receiver coming off a severe knee injury like that, I mean, your game is all dependent on how fast you can cut, how fast your footwork is. And if any little thing, any little minuscule thing feels off, that's going to mess up all your route running. So I, I think it is important for Marquis Lee to take his time, and I think the Jaguars training staff um, you know, is preaching that as well. I mean, we heard Doug Marone say, He's probably going to be ready sometime during preseason. We'll see. I mean, they're not going to rush him back. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the expectations of Marquis Lee, like we, we've seen the flashes and we've seen the glimpses, but we have to remember this is a serious injury. And uh, right now in terms of depth, I mean, the Jaguars, they they don't have the elite depth, I think, but they do have the depth where there will be competition for sure. Oh, Matthew says Conley in terms of being the best one. Uh, don't sleep on the Albino Tiger once he's up to speed. <laughs> Sean says Terrell Pryor. You're kidding, Sean. I know. Um, and uh, 
Terrell Pryor. Maybe he heads up in Jacksonville. He's going to work out with the team according to uh, Ian Rappaport. I will say this about Marquise Lee, and I think this goes for D.D. Westbrook, too. Those two guys allow the Jaguars to get creative on offense. Put the guy in motion. Put him behind the running back. You know, those kind of gadget plays, it allows you at least to be creative. There wasn't enough of that last year, either. And I'm interested to see if John Filippo uses those skill sets when Marquise Lee's out there. And I think D.D. Westbrook fits in that role, too, where you can try some different things to at least confuse, deceive the defense a, a little bit. Hey, when we come back here from Southampton as we uh, wrapped up 18 holes of golf, a little duel between Coos and Austin Lane here on a Wednesday, we'll get to balling and falling, and it's got nothing to do with these guys' golf games. That's next on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Game 2 NHL Stanley Cup Finals tonight. You in, You locked in? I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm all in. I called the uh, the Blues in six, and I'm sticking by that. Um, I think if I do lose, I'm going to have to watch CM Punk's movie, which it looks like a great movie, but I don't know if you're aware of this, but I don't really do a lot of uh, suspenseful thrillers slash scary no, movies. No, you said that. You were scared about it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm not scared about now, it. Now, you right? told CM Punk you were scared to watch. First of all, I didn't say I was scared. I said I get stressed out. There's a difference. I just don't like my heart rate going up to a certain level. And when I watch horror movies like that, that's what it does. This golf wore you out a little bit today. I sense it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Me, like, literally, I think we were on hole number 12. And then we were like, you know what would have been awesome? Nine holes of this. Would have been a fantastic time. But by like, Coos, come 12, on 13, over here. Let's go. Let's get to the, was, end, uh, the bottom of this. Oh, let's get to the bottom of it. Yeah. yeah. It's time to yeah. bring Coos into the, yeah. into the program. And go ahead because and get, he wants to go home because he's tired. Too. Go ahead and get me listen, a water while you're at it, too. To this, uh, if, yeah, you got a show to do. Number one show. Uh, let me show you how to use this. Oh, yeah. Number one show. Uh, <laughs> Must not be doing a lot of talking. In Jacksonville at night, WAP 95.1. You know him as Justin Cousart. Uh Do you go by Justin Cousart on... WAPE? Just Justin. Can you hold that mic closer? Do I have to Justin. teach you how to do this well, job? Don't, don't you do this? I don't know. I, the one I have is like up here. And you just Isn't it his it. job to know what to do? I, this, listen, I'm doing a lot of people's jobs. <laughs> yeah, you are, man. <laughs> um, I'm just going to so, walk away so they now. I, listen, I, oh, hey, Scott. Oh, oh Scott, Scott, no, Scott. You're Scott. fine. This means nothing to us, all right? This is just five seconds of Coos talking about the day. Uh, <laughs> so now you've got the whole A-team right there. You guys don't need me anymore. Y'all have a great oh, afternoon. Oh, no, Scott. Oh, Scott, Scott, yeah, we Scott. need you. We need you. We almost didn't get on today, so we need you. Um, the So do you go by Justin? Yeah, I just go by Justin. It's weird to say your last name, you know, like while you're on air. It, yeah. You have to introduce yourself every no, that time you sense. go on. So yeah, no, like, that's cool. The first yeah. name basis, yeah. it kind of. We're buddies on that show, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what's the hot song right now? Most Old Town Road. <laughs> is it still? Oh, oh yeah. it's so has been nice. number one for like uh, forever now. It feels like he really? actually he just performed the song for Game One of the Stanley he, Cup Final too. By the way, see Tom Brady asked him to uh, I think play during one of their games or something like that. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Not the, I'm not the biggest fan of the song. I don't mind the song. I mean, I, mean, I like it because it's catchy. It's, it's cool. Good. I don't mind. But I was just surprised it had the staying power. I thought it would oh, go yeah. to like a peak. And then it would slide back down two weeks later, and it's still there. That's there surprising. To stay and they'll, uh, he also got a Wranglers endorsement on it. I saw that. So that's uh, there was some controversy really over that, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really pissing a lot of people off. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so 
So that well, give me another song. Give me like a top three right now. So Old Town oh, Road. What Old else? Old Town Road. Uh, one of the Jonas Brothers. Either one. Uh, cool. They're or back or they never went away. They're back. <laughs> they're yeah. back. Okay. Um, and then probably like. And pick any Ariana Grande song that she's ever come out with. Right. Up there right now. And she and just canceled her shows, right? Yeah, she was sick. Uh, she had to cancel, I think, the 29th. Is today the 29th? Today, today is, is the 29th. The, 29th. Okay, the concert tonight in Orlando uh, got canceled, rescheduled for November. All right. So. Um, I, I was thinking about you, though. So you have to pay attention to, like, the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. So the entertainment world is, like, TMZ. TMZ, uh, bu- like, BuzzFeed. Stuff yeah. Like that too. Yeah. So you have to split your time between ESPN for our show during the afternoon. I'm always convinced he can see. Sometimes, like while we're there, like I'll get a notification something huge happened in the on the pop entertainment. Side. So I'll click on it to see, and I'm always I'm always convinced. I was just gonna look up and be like, dude, what are I'm you? I'm not gonna snitch at the things I see you look at uh, <laughs> yeah. when you're at work, Coos. That's not my job. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you fired. Well, I kind of think Scott can take your spot. But yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. No, 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 no. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> yeah. I know, this but concerns all of us. There's nobody back at the station today, so Scott's looking at whatever the heck he wants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, is there some jealousy in our building that you have the number one show at night? I haven't felt it, but I also don't talk to anybody in the building. <laughs> yep. I He's on a pedestal. He's on a pedestal, man. I go, I go from my office to ESPN to Ape. I don't go anywhere in between uh, all Who's those. Who's only so. talking to the top talent, man? you got to respect it. Where was uh, WAPE before you started doing it? Uh, I actually like what number? Did, I don't know that off the top of my head, but somebody did tell me the other day that this is the highest uh, Ape's been since like 2016 or something. So, so a few sweet. years. It's been, been a few years, and I only took over a year ago, so I'll take that as a win. All right. That's very good. Yeah. And so I I just wanted to double check. You didn't make like one of the tattoo kind of bets that I made. No, nope, no. Nope. I mean, because now no, you're number one. But I'm like willing to get a tattoo for like most reasons. <laughs> Give me a reason and I'll probably do it. <laughs> All right. It's Friday. Yeah. All right. Before you get out of here, how intense was the golf today between you and and be honest, uh, don't lie. Well, Were you, know, you scared? Mo- I was. I wasn't scared. I was. Uh, I had to play aggressive, which kind of got me behind the ball from the beginning because I was down two before we even started. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would attribute that to my aggressive play in the beginning, which may have put me even further back than I uh, intended. And you've played golf once this year. Yeah, once. One other time. One other time in a tournament. So. <laughs> okay. But you and you're not really an avid golfer. No. Oh come on. No. I, I so think you golf every once in a while. Nicole would. She, Take it to uh, you on she the told golf me, course. She told me I had to win today because I'm dating her, and she's, you know. Well, a, a, she has a reputation. <laughs> she has a reputation. Well, Nicole, her you're, her name's your on the guy's golf. coming home a loser. So hope you're excited about that. <laughs> her, her name's on the golf bag. I was like, you may want to make sure that comes up. It's a little off. aggressive, <laughs> bro. Yeah. You don't want that. Hey, I, well, did Scott, did he win today? I guess not. I don't know. I wasn't okay, there. So then, so if he didn't win, what would uh, you call him? I would like to point out. Go ahead. I technically only lost by one because I lost by three. I started down two. So I made up a lot of ground. I was down five at one point. Hey, that's a PGA so, quality finish, man. So so do you think on the PGA Tour, if you mess up the first hole, they're going to be like, oh, it's all no, good, Tiger. No, but in the PGA Tour. Shoot, don't bogey. Yeah, I want to stretch that off a little <laughs> bit. The, hey, take, take your best and worst score yeah, and get rid of those. Get but in the PGA Tour... I would have still gotten probably top ten and made some money. And I'm well, just saying the PGA was decided 10. by one stroke this year. But here's the thing, Kuz. You got top ten. There were ten of us. <laughs> I, okay, then I was nine. But, Kuz, don't lie, though. No, you're actually last place. But uh, don't lie about it, though, where if you actually were caught in all the shots, it would have been a lot worse for you. 
Because there were two holes. The very first hole? Well, yeah, that yeah, would have been That would be like a 12. I got bailed out. The next hole was probably an 11. But after that, you guys were pretty on point. And even I think you noticed, you're like, oh, you guys are starting to play a little better. It's like, yeah, I'm not chunking every shot. Yeah, yeah. I did have to get the old Marshall in me because we had some guys kind of right behind us. So I was like, are you guys going to move along? We have a 3 o'clock radio show. So I had to get after you. I will say one one golf story from my round, which, by the way, I played pretty well. I'm not going to uh, lie to you. Flex of the day, Brett yeah, Martin. Yeah, flex no. of the day. So, but on the 17th hole, I whiffed. I, I, there was in the trees, mm-hmm. and so I tried to hit it right-handed. Whiff. And I whiffed on my second shot, hit it out on my third shot, and then hit it up and made par. So Damn. I made par on 17. Oh. That was the most impressive thing I did today. I made par on 17, which is a par 5, yeah. with a whiff. I've never done that before. Did you have any birdies today, Brent? I had two. We almost okay. killed a few birds today. Two birdies. We, we almost killed we almost a couple killed birds. A couple Those geese. geese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we Austin's almost hit phone is a Don't casualty. do that. Yeah, my, my Peter's phone already broke. come after us. We're talking horse racing. Yeah, my, my, my phone broke today. Your so phone broke today? Yeah, really? I smashed it. So really Why? You got mad? No. <laughs> no, I ended up just dropping on the cart by accident. I feel like there's a story here. No, there's no. not a story, actually. I was just driving the cart. Although we were out. talking about getting angles for shots for uh, social media. Yep. And he was, uh, he, <laughs> I suggested putting the, the phone right in front of him so he'd drive right over it. Yep. But uh, I was worried that maybe, uh, you know, he hits the phone, then his whole phone explodes. All right. Coos, uh, go to that number one show. For tonight, good luck, yeah. and we'll see you back you, in studio tomorrow. You guys tomorrow. promote us on your show because we talk about your sh- like the you, eight you show call every in. single. Call well, in no. and jump in on the topic. No, that's last that's worked topic. for me though, dude. What was last night's topic? Best burger in town. Where's the Where's, best burger? What was it? Uh, a lot Pose? of people. There were a lot of people. People said Pose. Pose people said M Shack. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a bunch. There was one I hadn't heard in Riverside that I actually do want to go check out now. So that's a good question. Best burger in town. What do you think, Brent? I mean, the burger here was pretty awesome. Burger, burger was, here was good. Burger, burger was good. Uh, I'm such a bad critic because I love anything most of the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll tell you. You know, we. Oh, I went. I didn't go with you guys. I went with Devin, uh, one of our sales guys. Uh, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food has a great burger. Never heard of it. Oh, great cool. burger. Okay. They have two locations now. It's okay. a great burger. Thanks for that. Um, and I actually like down the road here. Okay. Taps has a very good burger. Taps. I've been to Taps not to eat. I was drinking, but it yeah. was good. But Sounds you know what <laughs> Taps does? Because we're not too far from Taps down on 210. And it's not often you can go and order a burger to go, and you get home and it's still good. True. Yeah, because it gets soggy yeah. and everything. Yeah, it is there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty good. Okay. And I, you've, I've already told you my favorite fast food burger is Checkers. Oh, you did say Checkers. Okay, yeah. checkers. Brent, have you had Culver's yet? Yeah, Culver's is good. Culver's good, okay. Culver's a little, believe it or oh, not, I feel like it's, it's gre- a little like oh, greasier, it, right? It's greasy. I don't know how you can get greasier oh, no. than checkers. No, it's not <laughs> greasy. It's greasy, man. I mean, they, they call them butter burgers for a reason. Yeah, they yeah. Prime and oh, butter. My. All right, get the heck out of here, Coos. All right, yeah. Culver's yeah, is coming all around here soon enough. Uh, okay. They might have one. Shout out to Wisconsin, by the way. That's where they started. That's where it started. Yep. Well, it's coming to fall. It's all over like South Florida. Okay. And I think coming up to Orlando, it'll be in Jacksonville soon enough, I would imagine, um, down the road. All right, man. Thanks for coming out and playing yeah. some golf. Sorry you lost today. We'll have a rematch. Hey, I'm getting assisted for having my, uh, my uh, glove on while putting. But you, you are know, getting some, um, you know. You look like a serial killer with a black glove on, well, by the way. I, be a I normal person and wear a white I was one. about to commit crime and beat you in this. So. Uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> you guys <laughs> both got criticized on social media for your golf etiquette. One was the glove. And putting with it on, Mine was and walking in you were walking line. in the line. Like it even mattered on these greens today. You know how dry they were? <laughs>
Like it, like it saying, mattered. It flew. I, putting was a problem for everyone. Yeah. Don't worry about it, people. Well, it, did you 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 had Vans on? That's correct. It doesn't matter then. Okay, so why is everybody getting because my case it's for? if you have golf spikes on. But so the I etiquette can't walk is in... the etiquette is you don't walk in someone's line. So like where the ball could go, I can't walk in front of that. There was a little bit of a. If it's your opponent, it's someone else on the green. You shouldn't walk in front. There's a little bit of a debate too because I hit his golf yeah, ball in so a putt. So this. I should. He should get two strokes. Really, I should have won by one. No, so so get this. No, All right. You get two strokes when for hitting the wrong two, ball. So, so there's it happened, Brett. And this is this is. No, no, no. I didn't hit his ball. I putted mine into his ball. So Coos had about oh, yeah, a yeah. Coos had about an eight foot putt. Uh, he shanked it big time, and it went over the hole and Hard hit my to shank ball. Shank a putt. Okay, well he shanked it big time. It went over the hole and hit my ball. Where I feel like if he sh- he should have said, "Can you please mark your ball?" It's not my job to mark the ball, right? It's his job to tell me that. You know, I'm gonna have to double check on this, but I actually Do you golf believe ball this. or not, because it, sometimes. <laughs> no, well, I just want to make sure. I'm, I I think my interpretation is it's your job to mark mark the ball. See? But he didn't ask me to do it. Why would I mark? Well, and that's where things get a little crazy, right? especially when I gotta check hole. with my rules official. <laughs> hey, stat boy. That point make probably yourself, knows. Make yourself knowledgeable. Coos has to get back to his laptop. <laughs> You've just been hammering Stat Boy lately. All I'm right, get you. the heck out of here, Coos. Right. We'll Later, see you Coos. back in studio tomorrow. Thank gosh you didn't get hurt today. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do bowling and falling, so let's do it when we come back. Let's take a break, Scott, if you're still there or if you went home. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully there's a button that automatically pushes and goes to break with a little good music so Austin can dance on the bumper side of things. Yeah, let's get it. We gotta pick Austin up a little bit. I never, I tell you all the time, Austin looks tough, but he's soft. And golf wore him out today. Who is this? Peter Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer? I like this song. (laughs) Should go to. Hi, I'm Ryan Murphy, one of the gold medalists. You're watching Action Sports Jacks. And you can be watching Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on all the video platforms. We appreciate uh, those of you that do on Facebook, ESPN 690, on Twitch, ESPN 690 Jacks, on YouTube, our Action Sports Jacks channel, and uh, also on the Twitter at Brent AS Jacks. Be able to find uh, our video feed. And if Looks like the signal dropped off for just a second, guys. Stand by. We're going to get it back on the air in just a moment. All right, we'll be back with more Action Sports Jacks right after this. It's around there. I know it. Scott, sorry, did we lose you for a second? All right. What's going on? I I thought that was uh, I thought Austin requested some some music from you, Scott, there for a second. That was a but, Peter uh, Gabriel. Remix. Peter Gabriel, sledgehammer, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I thought Scott was uh, playing the music for like you guys to have a showdown on the golf course, another eighteen holes. Yeah, we were just Bring saying back. Um, that we can we would. We'd like to go play a little you bit would, more. It's pretty me. quiet. No, I'm all set. If right. I ask Ty if he wanted to, he's already played 27 holes today. If I ask him, you want to go skate around and play another 9 or 18, you'd be like, let's do it. 
Well, not sure mom are, would like that. You guys but, are nuts. But we might we might want to do it. I'm all set uh, for the All right, hey, years. let's get in some balling and falling. Sure. How about it? What you got? Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have had time to to, to figure out some stuff. Now today, listen, okay, here's man. the deal. You have to. This this is part of the job here. You got to learn how to golfing. work on the golf course. Golfing is part. Okay. You were too focused today. Uh, whoa, I, it was a big match for me. So I will begin. I'll give you. I'll give you hey, a second. Hey, I'm ready. Uh, balling. Yoel <laughs> Romero gets 27.45 million dollars uh, for suing Gold Star Performance Products after he failed a, a USADA test to take him out of a UFC uh, event. Uh, that's some big time buku bucks there, Brent, if you will. Um, props to him because you got to think. I mean, in that fight where he he failed the drug test and he was out, I mean, he probably will only would have made maybe a million at the very most. So. Good for him for getting twenty seven point four and five million dollars. How about that? Yoel uh, Romero, and he's also like in his forties too, so he's kind of uh, he's kind of on the back nine of his career, if you will. Yeah, so that's a great get. Yes, sir. Beats any payday. And by the way, I mean, if you saw the guy, you'd think, yeah, steroids make sense. <laughs> yeah. but no, because he's he, he's this big Cuban guy. Uh, so I mean, I don't know if it's just good genetics, if it's hard work, but the dude's got like. Neck muscles up to his ears, so he's a he's a specimen to say the least. But props to him. Congratulations, on getting paid. Um, my balling is going to be the Minnesota Twins. Okay, they are twenty games above five hundred. Yeah, they have a ten game lead over yeah. the Cleveland Indians. It's it, remember it's that guy. Like somebody, it's almost like somebody was calling that the whole time. Remember sure. that guy that made that stupid bet. Yeah, everybody was chastising him about. Yeah, remember that? I remember hearing something about it. I, I mean, we're only at the end. We're only at the end of May, so it's we'll see what happens. Yeah. But my man Rocco Baldelli, and and the reason I love Rocco Baldelli so much, if you don't know the backstory, my second job was in Providence back home. Okay. Uh, I worked at CBS and Fox affiliate, and probably the first big story I ever covered in this business. I, I don't know if I covered a big big story uh, in Louisiana. But about a month or so into my time in Rhode Island, working in TV, Rocco Baldelli was the fourth overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Fourth overall pick for a guy from Rhode Island. Yeah. And so it was a there's huge story. Like, there's only like ten people there, so that's crazy. <laughs> great family. Yeah. Uh, good guy. And Sweet name, by the way. It's great name. He, yeah. You know, he could have gone on, I think, and played like Olympic volleyball. Great volleyball player. Okay. So super athlete. Yeah. But he had his career cut short. I mean, he was compared to Joe DiMaggio. and I mean, the, the, he was a five-tool outfielder. Sure. Uh, and he had this fatigue disease that cut his career short, uh, mostly with the Tampa Bay Rays, even though he, he had a nice season or two, I think, before that. Um, and now he's the manager, first-time manager of the Minnesota Twins. He's brought the analytics into play. So if you're not a fan of analytics, Minnesota is proving you wrong because they are hitting home runs left and yeah. right in that new stadium, uh, or newer stadium. And uh, they've got a 10-game lead against the Cleveland Indians. So my balling goes to my man Rocco Baldelli and the Minnesota Fantastic. Twins. Fantastic. Uh, don't get the falling just yet. Okay. I've got a phone call we got to get to first. Okay. Is this uh, Scott, uh, if you can put my man Jimbo Cavanaugh on the phone. He's our golf rules official. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, well, hey, hey Jimbo, how you doing, man? Hey, 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 Austin. The, what up, the name of my street, The name of my street is Austin Lane, buddy. How do you like that? Are you serious? <laughs> and it's right out here. Hey, Jimbo, I'm not sure if you know, but we're at, we're at Southampton today. We had a little golf event. Sorry we didn't invite you, um, but he, Jimbo lives right about the 13th hole. So, there, there's, there's an Austin Lane? He lives on Jimbo, Austin Lane. Jimbo, hey. All right, man, here's what I need you to do. I'm going to slip Here. you a 20. You steal the street sign, okay, and give it to me one day. <laughs> Hypothetically. I can't hear you. I, I, I was saying how I'm going to slip you a $20 bill, and I'm going to need you to steal the street sign. 
hypothetically, can you steal the street sign from me? Hypothetically. Is he calling the cops? <laughs> there are things we can't say on the air, bro. Uh, hey, good. Scott, is, uh, I'm not hearing Jimbo too well. Is, is he hey. cutting in and out? Uh-oh. Yeah, he's cutting in and out a little bit. Yeah, he's cutting. See if we can get a better connection with Jimbo. We'll get him back. In the meantime, we'll do uh, Fallen real quick. Forget Fallen. Can we go find where that street no, sign I'll is? Take, so I'll steal take you it? there after the show if you All want. Right. At least oh, a picture. I have wrestling. Oh, I'd rather just steal it. Uh, fallen. <laughs> uh... Sorry, I just closed out of my cell phone. Uh, hey, I'll got, help you out. No, I got it right here. I okay. got it right here, man. All right, so listen, Rob Polenka has been in the news a lot. Yes. Uh, not yes. for good reasons, and he's not doing himself any favors here. He shared a story that was bragging about how Kobe Bryant approached his craft. One of the things that Kobe Bryant did was that he met with Heath, Heath Ledger after Kobe Bryant saw the you know the Batman movie, and Kobe Bryant was so inspired of how Heath Ledger um, found himself in that role where. Kobe Bryant had dinner with Heath Ledger and basically wanted to kind of get his uh, his opinion on how do you prepare for a role, how, how do you get so lost in it, you know, how do you uh, get better at your craft. Well, the problem was that the the Batman movie came out six months later after Heath Ledger died, so Heath Ledger wasn't even alive for when the movie premiered, which makes Rob Plinka's story BS. So why Rob Plinka would tell I that story that. about yeah, Kobe that. Bryant is just kind of weird, but. Um, in a situation where the Lakers aren't in a good light right now, uh, he's not helping it. That Lakers thing is a mess. Dude, right? it's I mean, who wants to go play? Honestly, if you're why Anthony did LeBron, Davis, is that the worst decision LeBron's ever made? Speaking of the decision, this one should be called the bad decision. No, for I sure. Mean, what a I terrible mean, decision. And on the outside looking in, I can see like he wanted to go to L.A. because it, it's you know yeah. it's for the movie. You know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think I know, that's I know the I stupidest about reason it. ever. But, but then also you had at the time you had Magic Johnson kind of yeah. running the show, and you know Magic Johnson I think is, is a player that LeBron yeah, kind of looked up to. Absolutely. So I can see those things but now man if i'm anthony davis if i'm Kyrie, if i'm anybody i'm not going there it just it's a, there's no way it's a you know what show exactly and um I, I it's crazy it's crazy how some of these great organizations get this bad yeah you know i mean the knicks the the lakers well, and, and and let's other be honest here, Brent, like if this is like the pelicans if this is you know if some small market like the wizards we're, yeah. not, we're not talking about absolutely it. nobody cares but this is the lakers man this is a storied franchise yeah they should be embarrassed i agree with you and, and you know it's it's kind of the day in the life of of the next nba team yeah you know i mean there's it's some and this is what the nba finals brings us to we're talking more about the lakers than we are talking about game one of the finals yeah i feel like the last few weeks uh quickly my fallen i think it's the second time i've had this on my show uh my show on the show uh and that is the red sox Red Sox had a terrible loss yesterday, and I just wanted to have make. I wanted to do the um, balling for Minnesota and the falling for the Red Sox just to punch home my chances in this bet that I have. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with the bet, the Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, or Astros can't go to the World Series. I've got the field, hundred dollar bet. So, and I'm already one for one yeah. this year in Vegas. You are, man. You're one for one. Bet on black. One in Vegas. Yes, sir. And I'm giving that $100 away next week for our 100th show. How about that? Donating it. it right to the cause. I right love to it, the man. List. Right to the show. Who else would do that? Nobody. Nobody. That's why we're the that's, best. Yeah, that's trying to be the best. Yeah. We're just at least telling you we are. <laughs> hey, when we come back, we'll get Jimbo back on the phone. i got to get an answer on this rules question in golf. Happy hour horn as well. The CBA and the NBA. Coming up on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live from Southampton. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. 
This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. One hundred and twenty-one strokes for Austin Lane. That was the deal today at the golf club at Southampton. Much anticipated. Eighteen hole match with producer Justin Kuzart. Kuz, as you know him. And uh Kuz with a one twenty-four. Had to put him to bed, Brent. To be honest, were you surprised I shot that? Would you think higher or lower? Now, you know what's interesting? I, I I think I've told you this. I did two I have now witnessed now this one I wasn't front. Row seat yeah, for you. Yeah, but I've seven. witnessed Marcel Robinson at TPC Sawgrass played yep. his first 18 holes ever. Yep. And so the over under was I think we created it at like 175. Okay. Now I have to ask Marcel what he shot, but I feel like it was around. I was thinking earlier it was 120s, but I really think he was in the 140s. Mm-hmm. And we did every. Sh- By the way, we ran into the caddy like a few weeks ago, yeah. and he's still talking about that round. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, and and by the way, the last time I was over there for the J Fund, and I I tipped him double what I normally would tip, sure. just still paying for Marcel's round. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, how you go in depth right there. Yeah. Well, um, and then I also years before that, Drew Copley used to work with us at Action Sports Shacks on uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30. He had never really kept score. I think it was for 18 holes. So he went to TPC, and we made a bet in the sports department that he couldn't break 150. Oh, wow. And he obliterated it. It was yeah. like 127. Wow. I was impressed. I was yep. really impressed with that. I was impressed with Marcel. Marcel yeah. hit some really good shots that day at TPC Sawgrass. So this is actually well, like the third time in three or four years that I've seen a kind of – and you said you've played a couple of rounds. As a kid, as yeah. a kid. So this was your first recorded score in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I think well, 121 is pretty good. So I'm not shocked that you shot it. I've seen you swing. It's not bad. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's where my game really fell off. And I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I kind of am. Um, the putter <laughs> that I had, so it was the same putter that Stuart, uh, his, his putter was stolen. It wasn't the same putter. Like, it wasn't his putter, but it was the same yeah. brand. Do you remember what kind of putter Stuart had? Scotty Cameron. Scotty and Cameron, you yeah. Putted, so for this so round, you I putted used, with a Scotty Cameron. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. Like, that putter, like I averaged like a four putt every single hole, Brent. It was, it was bad. Uh, the putter threw me off because it was so heavy. Like, I figured it would be, like, a lot lighter to just kind of move the ball around. And when I was putting, man, it was like I was putting with, like, bricks. So that's what threw me off. I mean, the, the putting was – my putting was by far the worst thing of the day, hands down. Well, so. I'll say this. If you were putting with a Scotty Cameron putter, yeah. you have zero excuses. No, I have because all Because that's excuses. like a $400 that, putter. Okay, well, it's also 20 pounds, so congratulations, Scotty Cameron. You make it like something that's like a – a five, a five pound club. six six two forty five. Eh, sometimes ripped, sometimes not. Complaining about the the weight way of a putter. Way too heavy. Way too heavy, Scotty. <laughs> Step your game up a little bit next time. Hey, Please. we got Thank some you. NBA talk, some CBA talk, but happy hour horn in just a moment. But I think we have Jimbo Cavanaugh back. Uh, let's see if the yeah, connection's right. better. This is really yeah. all that matters to me right now is getting this rules official update and also. Oh, come on. Uh, I know. Come I know on. we lost you. You don't early. play. You don't play by the rules anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. We uh, lost you earlier, Jimbo. But really, what yeah. Austin Lane was asking you is, he wants you to steal your street sign. Yes, please. For, for a twenty-dollar <laughs> bill, hypothetically. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'll fly right up is, there when I get home. Is that is that a deal? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. I'll hold the twenty bucks over to you tonight, then. Yeah, hey, listen. I bet I, that- you, you said you're in Southampton, but I'm not. I'm in Charleston at the Women's Open right now, working at that. So. Oh, that's um, right. Not, You're not up there. A, not, 
Yeah, not as a rules guy, as a, 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 a ball washer guy and a pickup rake and bunker guy. So, how's it going anyway, up there? Just great, hot as can be, you know. Awesome, Charleston's a good place. I haven't been, but I hear great things. So, you need to come up. I'll take you to the greatest ice cream store in the world, and right at the face <laughs> of the bridge. Now, now you're talking, uh, Jimbo. I haven't seen him. I usually play golf with Jimbo, okay. but I haven't seen him recently because uh, he had cataract surgery. Oh no! Uh, hopefully yeah. that went well. I can see clearly now. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, speaking of excuses, now you got plenty of them. Okay, here's the deal, Jimbo. We had so Austin had a match with uh, Coos, our producer today. Uh, a match Austin now, wins. right? A match, not stroke play, but match. Well, it was a stroke play. It was a stroke, stroke play. So, Very high stakes, by the way. Yeah, so 121 to 124, Austin wins. Obviously. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you, were you playing for the highest score or the lowest score, Austin? <laughs> no, well, I was playing for the lowest score, and I'm going to be honest. I had a Scotty Cameron putter that just was not agreeing with me today. Everything else was on point and dialed in, but that Scotty Cameron putter, way too heavy for me. Well, it sounds like you must have had about 70 putts then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I averaged a four putt in every single hole. So, oh, so that, so All here's right. the play in question, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Austin has his ball about two feet from the hole, and yeah. he doesn't mark it. Coos right. is on the other side of the hole, say five, eight feet away. Uh, yeah, yeah. He puts it. It goes past yeah. the hole and hits Austin's ball on the other side of the hole. On the other side of the hole. Yeah. Uh, is, is they both penalty? on the green when this? Were they both on the green when this activity happened? Yes. That is correct. Okay, if both balls were on the green, uh, Austin, you put your ball back where it was. He should have given you the damn putt anyway, but you put your ball back right. where it was, and Kuz okay. gets a two-stroke penalty and has to play it from wherever it stopped. Let's go. So Kuz gets the two-stroke penalty. I thought it was the guy that didn't mark his ball. You, you don't have to mark your ball, Brent. That's a courtesy. Unless the, a guy asks you to mark it, then you have Thank to Thank you. It. That's what I've been saying. I don't even gulp and I knew that. Yeah, I had it backwards. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, okay, so so Kuz should have, uh, he should have asked Austin to mark his ball. Yeah, I mean, Austin could have been just said, okay, I'll mark it. He, didn't, he could have just marked it as a matter of uh, course, but... He doesn't have to mark it unless the other guy asks him to. Yeah. Well, and and to to be fair, I should have went first because I was the closer to the pin. No, now but, you got it backwards. You sounded smart a minute ago. Who's, okay. What? You go. My no, ball no, was closer. No, the, the, no, guy, goes the, the guy that's farther away goes. Oh my bad. Okay. It sorry. goes the other way. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, listen, so you were coming off as a one. champ a minute ago. We're, okay. We're back to ground one, man. <laughs> ground zero. Hey. Okay. So how much time did you waste on this golf question for two guys that shot over 120? Did you try like 35 holes or something? <laughs> wow, this guy's really coming at me hard right now. You know what? Forget the 20 bucks. I'm just going to go to your house right now and steal that sign. Oh, my myself. God. Hey, you, you, you're right there. It's at Southampton. Go ahead, man. Go to home. Uh, that's what I'm going to say, man. You, you better start using, start using your GPS because there's not going to be a sign there to go off of anymore. <laughs> hey, I know hey, where Kimbo. I live. Yeah. Jimbo, it's a three yeah. it's a it's a match that got decided by three shots. It doesn't matter what the score was. I mean it was a close I match, know. so No, um, it got decided by five shots, Brent, because he had a two shot yes. penalty to add to it. That that's good. Yeah. That's that's uh, Austin's yeah. loving that that I'm he can say it. that. Good uh see Jimbo is a rules official. Yeah. Like he goes down <laughs> to the training at Port St. Lucie. Yep. And like yeah. what what's your status now? Like can you go Um 
my status right now is uh, if I had the proper connections with the USGA, I actually could do some USGA events, but um, you got to have the proper connections. But but beyond that, we do all kinds of college events and Florida State golf events and Florida U.S. Open qualifiers and you name it, junior events, you know. You know, whoever calls me, I say, okay, I'll be over. What time? Just did a big college tournament two weeks ago, a national tournament for junior college women. Uh, you know, just whatever. All right. You can't make well, a living off it. No, but you're volunteering up at the uh, U.S. Women's Open. So uh, enjoy, oh, yeah, Charleston. Man. Hey, Brent, you know it, the best part about the volunteering up here? What's that? You have to pay for everything yourself. They don't give you anything. <laughs> that's the best part. You know that, that's the fact. You know, yeah, maybe you should take Austin's twenty bucks for that street sign. Oh, I should do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, All right guys. Hey, hey uh, I had a good time. Fun. I'll see you. Thanks. See you soon, Brent. All right, All right we'll see Bye-bye. you on hole number one soon enough. Uh, Jimbo Cavanaugh checking in. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? We got a little late on it, but uh, 5 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday. We're chilling out on the patio here at the golf club at Southampton. Oh, maybe in an hour or so I might uh, raise a glass, have a toast. I'm not wrestling tonight. Yeah, so. I'm just trying to get over it. So right now, maybe uh, maybe you should wash this round down with a little Vita de Louis. It's happy hour horn time, Scott. Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders, and if you got to go someplace, get some luggage because we're all aboard the Long Ball Express. <laughs> A-Train's at the wheel, baby. We're going all night long. Brent, uh, take it away. Finally, almost didn't get through 18 holes. <laughs> a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. In fact, I saw some Vita de Luis tequila right in there at Southampton oh, man. at the bar. Oh, man, just temptation right now, pure pressure. How about this uh, from Cap? Oh, I know. Both I was, was going to ask you this. Well, you know what? I, I was going to ask you it. Don't but, be hating on Jimbo, since, Cap. Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask you this question, but since he was being very mean to me, very, very mean to me, uh, Jimbo, uh, yeah, Bolt City Cap asks Brent Martino if all his good friends are over 70-plus <laughs> years old. Yes, they are. <laughs> hey, Cap, it. here's the deal. I'm trying to get in everybody's will. Oh, right. man. <laughs> Poor Brent. Uh, Jimbo's the best, man. He's my golf guy. He's all right. I wasn't really impressed uh, with how much he was dogging me on the golf course. Hey, he helped you with the coups battle. That's all that counts. I still won at the end of the day. You won, but you got an extra two shots. You know what? It wasn't worth it. I I could have went home and Googled it myself later today. I I had to have a 70-plus-year-old man call in and talk smack to me for the next 20 minutes. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Jimbo. Pleasure to meet you, man. You can't take it. I can't. can't take it. Dude, I don't golf. Like, cool. Make fun of me. I don't care. Hey, uh, uh, NBA, early look at the NBA in 30 seconds because I'm not spending too much time on it. We can talk a little bit more tomorrow for game one. Okay. There's, uh, I know you're mad at Toronto because the Bucks won. Yeah. You're rooting for Golden State. I am rooting for Golden State. Game five, six, or seven, this thing is over. God, I hope four games, Brent. I hope four games. I hope that wasn't an option. Well, I hope Drake's shown crying. Ah, give me the, you know what? Give me the Warriors in six games. 
and that would be on the road, right? Because they go that one, one, one. No idea. I, yeah. I don't care. Just Warriors I think six. So. Yep, doesn't matter um, to me. Boy, it's hard not to. Uh, it's hard Brent, to debate that. Come on, Brent. It's really hard to debate good, that. Good juju here. Good juju. Give us, give us some Warriors. Yeah. Come on, Brent. I kind of feel the Warriors too, but yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. I want to talk a little bit about the CBA coming up next. How much of a problem is this going forward? As players are now being told, save some money for as long as a one-year work stoppage. Talk CBA with Austin Lane and me from Southampton on ESPN 690 next. Hi, I'm Chris Berman, and every time I come back, back, back to Jacksonville, I listen and watch Action Sports Jacksonville. And thank you for listening, Action Sports Jacksonville on ESPN 690. If you missed it a little earlier in the show, we are live at the Golf Club at Southampton. We had a little golf outing today with some of the ESPN 690 folks, some of the folks in the Jags media, some other media uh, and friends, and um, had a good time, three or four foursomes. Tried to throw it together on one of the off days uh, for the Jaguars, and and uh, seems like everybody had a good time. Uh, some terrible golf played, but some good golf played. And uh, Austin Lane, champion, even Thank with a you. score of 121. That's really all that matters Keep today. Putting the number on there like it's... Uh like it's your business there, Brent. Okay, and to keep celebrating the champ, we keep playing the uh, best of Peter Gabriel remixes. <laughs> I know. So I was gonna say this is this is more of the old school Peter Gabriel, not my favorite. Um, I'm more of a new school guy, but I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> that was like some late Genesis stuff there with him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, do you? Uh, the other thing I wanted to pass along is 100th show on Monday. Uh, what was the over under on you surviving? This show. Well, surviving or getting fired? Well, that's about surviving. I okay. mean, I still think if I still believe at some point in our, you know, in, in this partnership of this show, <laughs> yeah, you will probably get arrested. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know what. I, I'm going to get arrested eventually, anyway. Whether right? it's for that's what I'm saying. <laughs> whether it's for street, stealing a street sign named yeah. Austin Lane. Yep. Whether it's that's uh, worth it though. Uh, uh, driving a scooter in Atlanta down the wrong street. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. Whether it's covering all elite wrestling in Vegas. Well, we'll see what happens with this bachelor party this week, and that's going to be the first <laughs> or test. Or the bachelor party in I- yeah, it's Iowa. Yeah, the first test. <laughs> the, the, I mean, there's only one cop there, so running from them is pretty easy. <laughs> ha- have I done that before? If mom's listening, no, I have not. If mom is not listening, you bet I have. Bring it back to the 40. Right? Bring it back to the 40, man. That's where we're going. You want to come back? I want to go to the 40. Come back to Wisconsin, man. Let's go. The 40 sounds like a cool place. <laughs> I was going to say, we could, we could hold it over to like Monday and do the, do the show from there. Um, the Wi-Fi might be hard to come The 40 by. does sound like a great place, though. It's oh, just, it's a fun is, time. Give, give me a little description of this thing. Yeah, so it's a, it's a 40. So it's basically a couple acres of land that my friend Paul, who's getting married, it's his bachelor party. And uh, it's some hunting land, but back there, there's a couple shacks that, you know, you, you, it's like a hunting shack, basically. Well, we used to throw parties back there. Uh, once again, if my mom's listening, we used to throw parties back there when I was 21 years old. If my mom's not listening, back when I was in high school. <laughs> and we used to throw parties back there, and we had a big event called Paul Palooza. And uh, once again, Paul's the guy that's getting married. Not so, Paul Puzzleski. Yeah, so, so, so Paul Palooza, I mean, it would probably feature from, like, because like, all the towns got a hold of it, right? So probably, like, 300 people would show up, man, and, like, cars would be... Like down the road, down the highway, we'd have to pick people up sometimes because there'd be so many cars there, and we'd have a big, uh, a little big shindig in the summer. So it was, it was a good time. And then we, is there a thing called, you know, what Gus Macker is? No, never heard of. So Gus Macker is a big three-on-three tournament in the Midwest. I know Michigan has them, Ohio has them. Um, they're kind of dying out now, but basically it's a giant three-on-three basketball tournament, and it's call your own fouls. But uh, with a long story short, though, uh, we used to go to Paul Palooza on that Friday, and then Saturday we played in Gus Macker. So. Ah, very good. So that's yeah. a heck of a weekend. It is a heck of a weekend. Yep. 
Uh, that's happening Friday for you. Uh, yes, it so is. you'll be off. Uh, are you taking every Friday off from here on out? Or yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm <laughs> going to leave the family at home. I'm going to take this Friday off, and then like in a couple weeks, it's Paul's wedding. So I'm probably going to have to leave uh, that Friday as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry. 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 Especially coming from the guy, because I'm not going to. You can call me out if you want. I remember like a month ago, I said, I'm not going to take any time off. I was like, I got nothing to do. And now. Yeah, and ever just, since we said, hey, we're probably going to shut it down for a couple weeks in yeah. July, just not do the show. Oh, it should have been June. I, I, and ever since then, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm taking that day and that day yeah, and that day, too. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's good. Uh, it's that Appreciate time of year, it, too. Thanks for being flexible. Um, <laughs> we can do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We will be live at World Golf Village on uh, Friday for the ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Speaking of music, there's a ton of musicians. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I saw the list, and it's like... Damn, I'm I mean, missing out. Like the former lead singer of Chicago. Yep. Who else? Uh, Journey. Former lead singer Journey. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Don't stop believing. You kidding me? Uh, and there were some big bands. Yeah. Uh, and names like who knows? Sam. Peter Gabriel might be there. <laughs> Guys everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to have to do my research before that show. I was kind of hoping you'd be able to lend a hand. Oh but, yeah, my bad. Uh, I think even some NFL guys like uh, might be like Sterling Sharp. Sterling and Sharp, some of those which folks. obviously I can I can bring up my autograph story with him, but I won't be around. Maybe you have to call now. in. I'm going to have to call in and share the story with them. And uh, so uh, we will have some fun out there at the uh, ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament. They do something similar on the West Coast. It's for St. Jude's Research Hospital, and it's really a big thing, and they're trying to start it here in, on the East Coast, and they picked St. Augustine and World Golf Village to do it cool. with a lot of big celebrities. So I think it's a it's a Thursday night, a Friday night thing, a Saturday and Sunday golf tournament, and I think it's going to be a big event as they grow it. This is the first year. Uh, we're partners with them on the TV side as well, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, so I, we're looking forward to that. And you can come out. You can get on the uh, ROM Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, look that up online, mm-hmm. and you can come on out and be a part of some of the festivities uh, and, and all the donations and dollars go to uh, St. Jude's so Research Hospital. will you be taking part in that as far as golfing, too, or not? Well, I'm not because I'm going with Ty to Fort Myers. He's got gotcha. a tournament down in Fort Myers, so I cool. can't do the golf part. It never ends, does it, for you? No, yeah. no. Uh, but it's fun. I love, yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, the CBA. Yeah. If you're a player right now, it's 2019 season. That's happening. Yeah. 2021 is the predicted work stoppage when this thing runs out. Yeah. Um, what's the thought that – I think this has been going on quietly for about a year or so, mm-hmm. at least what I've heard. Yeah. But there is more talk now that the NFLPA is telling players to, hey, make sure you plan accordingly. Do you want that this could be a work stoppage for a year. Do you want the inside info here, Brent? Yes, I, I do. I mean, I don't care about dishing it. I really don't. That's what we want. Yeah. So do you want to know what they're fighting for, supposedly? Well, this is where From, I wanted to go with this conversation. Yeah. You're very good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. you got? Well, you know, I, I have my ear what to the ground. What are they fighting for? I have my ear to the ground. and Listen, I'm, I'm not talking about anything that's, like, unheard of. You know, like, it's not like I'm breaking any news or anything like that. I mean... This tell is all people you are. They'll believe you. Okay, I'm, I'm breaking news right now on ESPN 690, so grab your kids, grab your parents, whatever you got to do, grab somebody. I'm about to break some news here. Uh, in my opinion, there's three things right now that, this, that the NFLPA and the players are fighting for. N- number one is just the overall piece of the pie. Because, and you can go back and look at the agreements. And it's that magical moment and technical difficulties when he's right in the middle of a story and things drop out. Stand by. We'll have Austin and Brent back up on the air momentarily. You're listening to ESPN 690.
about soccer, but it's probably the biggest money-making sport. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Rob Goodell's trying to shut me down. All right. I guess you lost us for a couple of seconds there, uh, so apologies for that. We uh, dropped out here at Southampton on the live show. Uh, thanks for It was purely that, coincidental that Austin was starting the story, and uh, it was not. Roger Goodell's trying to shut me down. I cannot be silenced. I cannot be silenced. So, I will so share So Austin it. says he's about to break news on the CBA, and, oh, and bam, we went silent? Yeah. I mean, R- Roger's got hitters everywhere out I mean, here, man. Roger's got hitters everywhere. No, it's all good. Well, hey, here's take two. So, uh, listen, I think there's three things that the NFL players are fighting for with this new CBA agreement. Now, there's going to be a lot more minor things, but three things really stick out to me from what I've been hearing. And if you go back to the to the lockout, uh, this would have been I think eight nine years ago, ten years. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, 2012. The biggest thing that players like myself we were fighting for it was to get a fair piece of the pie because the thought was the owners were making way too much money and the players are putting their health at risk and we weren't making enough money. So the agreement was that the players would make 50% and the owners would make 50%. Everybody's happy. Cool. Well, what ended up happening was that with some of the language in that contract, there was a thing called escalators. And basically what the escalator stated that if there was a, if there was like a, uh, like a ceiling that broke from the money being made in the NFL, well, then that bonus would go towards the owners. Well, we know right now the NFL is probably the most money-making sport in the entire world, maybe soccer, but from, from a standpoint of a professional league, I think it's the NFL. So when that happened, um, I think we only, the NFL players, like 47-something percent. Yeah, it was 47%. Is that what it was? Yeah. See, I know my stuff. That was good. I got you, that man. That was good. Uh, and the owners made more than that. So I think going forward now, uh, with, the, with the new CBA coming out, there's going to be a different language, going to be a different terminology where if there are escalators, those escalators are going to work for both the players and the ownership where we're getting 50-50 right down the middle. Um, there's going to be no escalators where someone's making more, someone's making less. I think that... Live radio, it's a beautiful thing, guys. The signal's dropped out again. Hold on just a second while we try and get them back up and on board. Martino. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. All right, battling here in the final hour at the uh, Roger's Golf not Club having it, man. I'm telling you. Roger Goodell's got it's, hitters everywhere. Jeez, I mean, every time we try to talk about the CBA, it goes crazy. Uh, so hopefully uh, it won't happen again, but it uh, happens from time to time on the road. Thanks for your patience. Brett Martin, Austin Lane here. Scott back in the studio filling in for Coos, who's just worn out and couldn't get back in time uh, from losing on the golf course today. But uh, thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Back to the CBA talk. And, sure. and to, to refresh uh, real quick, I'll give you the bullet points. It, it, after the 2020 season, the CBA expires. There's expectation, anticipation that there could be a pretty lengthy work stoppage in 2021, which means we could be without football. Austin was part of this when he played in the NFL back uh, after the 2011 season. There was a five-month lockout, and you were talking about the revenue. Basically, you want a 50-50 split, owners yeah. and players, and it was it's like 53-47. 
right now. So the idea potentially for the players is to get it to 50-50, which would increase salaries. Of right? course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just think of how much the NFL makes. Yeah, salaries 3% go up doesn't time. sound like a lot. Yeah. But when you're talking billions of dollars, yeah. that's spreading the wealth quite a bit. And yes. my view has always been you've got to take care of the guys at the bottom. Of course. You know, the that's any good business, The minimum is, is fine. But these guys are putting themselves through the same dangerous uh, game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're putting their bodies through the same thing as the ten million dollar guy. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not. I know you earn money, and and your your resume speaks for itself, and you get more money. What I would like to see, I'm okay with the Antonio Browns and and everybody else making the money they make. What I would like to see is those guys that are on the bottom third of the roster, mm-hmm. maybe it's the bottom half of the roster, be bumped up and be taken care of. Because the bottom line is, you can say all you want, and I know it's skewed. It's not necessarily real world. It's not minimum wage. It's not doing some jobs that people do, and people blue-collar work hard at their jobs and try to make ends meet. I understand that. But in this scenario, $450,000 job in the NFL sounds great, but it doesn't set these guys up for the rest well, of their life. It's not, and it's what people think it does. It says, yeah. "Hey, I'm a pro athlete. Okay, you're set for the rest of your life. You're but, rich. You're driving around in in Lamborghinis and living yeah. in big houses. It's not the way it works. A guy might play for six months at four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that's it. Well, you got to pump the brakes. So you save four hundred fifty thousand dollars, but some of that's going to your agent. You got to pay taxes unless you're in the state a lot of Florida. Of taxes. Yeah, well, but, but you I mean, still yeah. have to pay taxes in other states. Exactly. So you got to pay taxes in other states that you play in. So it's not four hundred fifty thousand. And listen, I don't know the percentages, how much you want to cut off that, but it's a substantial amount. Okay, so it's not just we're, we're all millionaires here. That's not the way it works at all. It's so. still a good chunk of money if you're making a normal living, but you're no, not it's crashing your head right? into a wall every day, and yeah. whatever living you're making is my point. Exactly. So it's not relative, and it also doesn't set you up for the next five or ten years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, look at me. I'm at ESPN 690 <laughs> Radio right now, just trying to make ends meet. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to put food on the table right now, Brent. Hey, brother, I'm, that I'm career path example. keeps going up, up, up. <laughs> I'm the prime example right now. I'm trying to play golf just to put food on the table for my family. And before this, he was driving Uber. I was driving Uber. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> and you played five years in the NFL. You better believe it. Uh, so, but so anyway, that's my. If I was, I feel like the players should get more. But I'm talking about the bottom half of the roster, or, or you, whatever well, part of the roster. So yeah, that, uh, so that's going to come in point number three. Actually, I'm going to talk about that a little more. Um, point number two, and, and listen, uh, I understand people might want to shake their heads at this one and think it's not that big of a deal, but it absolutely is, and that's the that's the term medical marijuana. Absolutely. I I, I think cannabis. Um, CBD oil, whether THC active or not, uh, is going to be a big topic. And then that's what I've heard from former NFL players and current NFL players is that they're going to try to push, since it's it's being legal now in states, that uh, the NFL is going to be a lot less, um, I guess, strict on on marijuana. Yeah. Because it, it is used as a tool for recovery. Um, it is used to help pain, help depression, um, help dementia. Just really a lot of symptoms that are associated with banging your head against the wall 24-7. So I think that's going to be a big talking point going forward as well. Well, and I think you nailed it. By the way, I think that's when the players win. I think that I, – I don't think – I think that will be a – I think the NFL, if it's a negotiation like negotiations work, I think they'll play a little hardball on that, yeah. but are willing to give that. Mm-hmm. I think marijuana will be one they'll be given to, willing to give up. And we did this a few weeks ago back on our show. We talked about medical marijuana. Absolutely. And we had a conversation for a few segments about it. And we also said, what's the other? what do the other leagues do? 
And what was fascinating to me is the NHL, I think, above all other leagues, NBA, surprisingly to me, was the most so, Surprisingly really strict, but at the same time, you can't name a lot of guys that you have can't. been suspended. So, and, and that's the most well, strict. Yeah, the yeah. NFL is not super strict against well, marijuana. And listen, you only get tested once a year in terms of street drugs. So if, if you pass it, uh, say, in training camp, you're good the rest of the but year. But the NHL doesn't even really test for it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I no, mean, exactly. I think that's what we read on it. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you're right. I think that will uh, be one they will uh, they will give up for sure. <laughs> Scott, with, with, with the on point music playing in the background. I, well, stuff. here's the deal. Scott concerned me because we we've, we've broken up a couple no, times for sure. South Hampton, so nope. I was like, wait a minute, did we just happen again? And said nope. he was just coming in with some clever music. Yes, Thank you very yes, much. yep, uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Stoner music, as my mom calls it, so she appreciates. But anyway, that. okay, so we've hit three things: revenue. Well, we hit two. Th- yeah, yeah. Uh, medical marijuana, yeah. and I started to hit the salaries of the lower, yes, uh, the the average player, so, if you will. So here's where I think that there's there's going to be a push, and you probably have to find some kind of common ground between it. But it's actually guaranteed contracts. I think there's going to be a push for guaranteed contracts, or at least a guaranteed bonus or something, if a player gets cut from a team, because that's a big deal too, as well, Brent. I mean, as as you've seen it firsthand um, with with the Jaguars, like players, you know, sign this big deal, and all of a sudden maybe they get hurt, maybe. For whatever circumstances, um, they kind of fall off a little bit, and those contracts don't get honored. And if they get cut, if they get released, they don't see that money. As opposed to maybe a coach or somebody who gets fired, I think those contracts, he gets the guaranteed money. So um, I know there's a big discrepancy there, and I think uh, there's going to be a fight for getting guaranteed money going forward. If I were to negotiate with you on that, yeah. would you? Would, do you think the players' union will give up a little bit of guaranteed money for extra roster spots. So here's where I wouldn't mind to see them go. I, I get the roster spot idea. I think that's a genius idea. And maybe that's something they're, they're going to argue about as well because there's no, you can always have more roster spots. I yeah, why like. not? Yeah, why right. not? Now, um, every, by the way, from the ownership standpoint, you tell me why not. Well, that's benefits. That's travel. That's no, a lot of different it, things. It, it, so adds it does add up. Yeah, up. especially when we talk about pensions, things yes, like that. All that. So, but where I can see them going is that, you know, they're, they're going to push – for um, the guaranteed contract, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had some kind of thing in writing where they say, all right, so let's say a player for agent deals, let's say he signs a $10 million contract, all right, $10 million. And let's say for whatever reason he doesn't live up to that contract and he gets cut by the team that same season. Um, let's say for whatever reason he doesn't sign anywhere else, so now he's out of a job. Uh, if he doesn't sign with the team in a certain amount of time or maybe even the year, he gets like maybe 50%. 60% of that money that he was guaranteed, or that that, that, that he was said uh, before. So uh, I, I can see him going that direction, but once again, I, I'm, I'm not really in keen to that yet. All right, uh, two things real quick, and, and we'll talk a lot more about this. Oh, absolutely. As well, and I, and I, I think it's fascinating talking about it with you, yeah. and I didn't even really place it until we're talking about it, but, I mean, you lived through this thing. Well, and it was something I took very seriously because, I mean, granted, I make all the jokes all the time, but I do take my money very seriously, and, and I do care what happens to it and where it's going. So it's something that I really keep my ear to the ground, and especially being part of the Shield still, um, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see what's happening to my brothers as well. Yeah, and not only that, you get educated on it when you go through it. Exactly. Whether you had education about it before and you're just a young pup in the NFL, sure. you were – Two years into your career, yeah. you got exposed to that, yeah. which means you learned about it. And I want to know how. And that was a five month lockout. That was a five month yes. lockout. And it was crazy because the spending spree and free agency, once they unlocked the players, <laughs> was crazy for like yeah. 72 hours. Yep. That's when Paul Puzlesny became a Jacksonville Jaguar. He was yes, one sir. of the players uh, that came over here. Uh, but two quick, th- 
quick thoughts. I love the fact that they've already met a couple of times in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. That shows you that they want to get it done, and they don't want – the earlier the better in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't wait until the end. Don't hold your ground. Let's get this thing done. And I think they do realize that, that we've got – football is at an unbelievable place. Yeah. And don't um, screw that up. Don't be responsible for screwing that up. Now, you got to fight for what's right. Yes. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But I think both well, sides believe and know that they have it good right now. They are America's sport right now. And as long as you can keep that going, you don't want to mess it up. Here's, uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and, and that's that would, why they're meeting early well, is my point. Yeah, that would be the perfect scenario, right? But at the same time, there is some animosity built up towards the last lockout because there is a feeling that the owners kind of got over the players a little bit, especially with those escalators that were put in place where, yeah. the, where the players only got oh, the 47%. The, the owners won the that owners, last one. Yes, the owners won that season. The owners usually yeah. win this, by the but, way. Well, exactly. But so, so here's my point. And I'm not sure if it's changed four or five years since I've been in the locker room, but I assume it's still the same. There's almost a feeling, and you see it sometimes, whether it's with the Panthers, with the Houston Texans, where it's almost like the owners against the players, right? Like, um, they're like the, it's like this hierarchy. And, yeah, I mean, you have your bottom guys that are like your scout team players, and you have your star players that are in the middle, and you have the owners that are way, way on top. And even with, like, the star players that are on top, um, there's always been, I think, a disconnect between the players and the owners. Now, that's not to say there's not some good owners out there, because I'm sure there is. You know, I, I think Robert Kraft's a good owner, obviously, because he has so many championships. Um, I think Shad Khan is respected by the players in that locker room. But I'm just saying from an overall front, I think there is a little disconnect between owners and players. And going forward, when you need the owner's cooperation and the player's cooperation to kind of come to terms, I think that could take longer than people expect. Well, let's, let's be blatantly honest here, too. And uh, I'm just stating the facts. The reason why there's a disconnect is because it's an old, rich guy league yeah, played who? with young I don't know if conservative and liberal want to come into play, because I don't think everybody's a liberal that plays, but I'm just saying it's a young league. It's a young man's game, and it's a diverse game. It's a young man's game. Well, let's be honest, though. It's a young man's violent game that is um, spearheaded, that, that, that is run by rich men who probably didn't play the game who aren't sacrificing their bodies. Now... That's one way to look at it. I'm not taking away from the owners because a lot of those owners were self-made. Shad Khan, perfect example. Absolutely. St- started in a garage and worked his way up to the business. The dude's a hustler. The dude's a hard worker. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying from being in a locker room where you're sacrificing your body and then you look up and you see the owners asking for more money or trying to screw the players over, that's what rubs the players the wrong way. Yeah, uh, one other thought, and we're not going to get into this right now because we don't have a lot of time, but we'll do it. We're going to talk about this topic a lot yeah. because I think it's a fascinating one, especially as more things come out. And What I want to do this next month is talk to some former players when we have them on, well, former Jacks players, and see what they have to say about it. But there is one name that also has created a division between owners and players, and that's Colin Kaepernick. Yes. So that whole situation created a, a ref disconnect. Yes. So uh, where does that land us in the CBA talks and, and eventually in a potential work stoppage or a deal getting done? Yeah. Uh, we, well, will see and, we will see. And I just want to say one more thing about that, too, Brent, because I've talked about it before on the show, and I know we got South Beach Gary waiting on the phone. We'll get to him in a second, but this is important. I think going forward, and I've said it before, we have Military Appreciation uh, Month. We have Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And to be fair, those are great causes, but let's be honest. The NFL initiated Breast Cancer Awareness Month to try to make more money off selling pink stuff, and only a percentage goes to the, C- the Susan G. Well, whether Coleman. they tried well, to or not, they did. But it does th- that's the way it panned yes. out. You can say whatever you want. But I think there needs to be some kind of racial awareness month where – 
uh, you know, maybe it's like a different color. I don't know, like a, like a teal, whatever color you want to use. I don't care. But use like a racial awareness month. And instead of, you know, promoting like breast cancer awareness or the military, which are two great things that need to be promoted, but we promote racial awareness month. And all the gear that you like that you sell with special colors, 100% of that goes to inner cities. 100% of that goes to after school programs, getting kids off the streets. And you can also donate some to the police as well. And, and I, I feel like if you do that, it, lists, it shows that you make an effort. You actually care about yeah, it. Yeah. And if the NFL comes forward and does that, it's the owners are saying, hey, you know what? We hear you guys. We heard Kaepernick. We may not agree with him, and we may have said, if players take a knee, you're off the team, whatever. But we hear you guys, and here's what we're trying to do to help uh, – make it a better place. Yeah, in fairness, there have been some initiatives taken by teams. The, yeah, I mean, league, there was the cleats thing, you know, like yes. the, my, my cause, my cleats. Yeah. But, but, I but think teams should, have also donated like half a million dollars no, absolutely. or a million dollars but, owners have toward things. But my question is, why isn't the shield but make it league-wide. initiated? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think cool. it's a hard thing to uh, to not agree with, and I think if the owners presented it, I mean, the players presented it yeah. that way, it would be a hard thing to turn down. Let's uh, go. Austin Lee for NFLPA chairman. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> no, no. I'm good. No, I'm I'm, I'm all set. That's too much arguing for me, dude. Uh, it's Winston, right? Winston's the guy. Yes. Eric Winston? Uh, I think Eric Winston is like the representative. He's, a rep- yeah. he's the big player. Yeah, around. yeah, he is the player. Around. Obviously, Demora Smith is yep. the NFL. And it's happened again, fellas. You've dropped out. If you've got me on the uh, speaker over there, uh, jiggle the wires, do what you need to do, because uh, not hearing you at the moment. But that's quite all right, because it's time to go to a break anyway, so we'll be right back with more ESPN 690. At the golf club at Southampton, you still there with us, Scott? Still here. Okay, Bring us uh, I can home, never man. tell. There's it. like this. By the on this machine, there's like a blinking green light, and you're just like living by the blinking green light. Like if it, <laughs> if it doesn't blink, you're like, yeah. oh, I think our connection's really good. If yeah. it blinks, you're like, oh boy, I think it might go off any second. Yeah, so. it's, it's kind of like in Jurassic Park. You know, when it stopped <laughs> blinking and the everybody got out, it was a, a stressful time for everybody. Kind of like what we're going through right we, now. Yeah, uh, we've been on the road a lot on the show. But road the warriors, couple, dude. The last couple of times, it's it's been dropping out a little too much for my liking. So I might have to get uh, the mechanic to look at it. Um, I can do that. Okay. I, I mean, are, do I have the power to well, do that? Well, be honest. Are you the mechanic? Because you pretty much do everything else on this show. I cannot so. do that. <laughs> it's going on YouTube and look it up. Sure. I'm sure that we can figure I out how not, to fix it. I can't it. do it. Hey, uh, did South Beach Gary hang up or hang on? What do you think, Scott? He's still here. I'm here, guys. Oh, he's still hanging. Hey, Song South of the Beach, Day, Gary. Peter Gabriel. Bring it on. Let's go. <laughs> the Song of the Day, Elvis Presley's Suspicious Minds is the Song of the Day. Ah, uh, uh, Austin, you mentioned uh, the Patriots. They're a good culture as far as winning, but as far as paying their star players, they're not the best organization in the NFL to go to, that's for sure. 
Well, Gary, as far as paying your star players, let's be honest here. The biggest star is Tom Brady. Tom Brady came out and said he wanted to take a pay cut so his other players could get paid as well. No, but they're known to, to let the player go a year early than pay him. you got to admit they that. Are, that is oh, true. Well, Chandler Jones. No, no, yeah. absolutely. Well, okay, and I agree with that. Flowers, but, the, oh, the guys over the years, Mankins, they, they didn't pay any of them. No, I mean, uh, and that's a great point, but let's be honest, though. Why, why would you pay somebody if you get the same kind of player for a cheaper price? I mean, remember when Randy well, Moss was Well, I'm good? just saying, I'm just saying they don't, they don't the take care of their own as reputation is for Not winning, okay. but as far as guys you know, starting out there and then paying them as they go. Uh, Brent, you asked earlier about uh, who would like to see. I'd like to see Ricky Fowler win a major. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that, yeah, we, we got off that topic a little bit, and, and I like it, and thanks for bringing it back. You know, Ricky Fowler is a great one. That's a good uh, – golf would like to see Ricky Fowler win a major, I think, too. And Austin, uh, Austin, you promised a Chris Jericho story, and I didn't hear it all. Hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Oh, live radio, it is such a treat. Guys, are you there? Check, check, Austin Brent, Austin Brent. We're having some more technical difficulties, kids. It's always a good time. Live radio, live stunts. Hey, hey there we're he good. Is. There he is, Scott, Scott. Keeping everything at bay, we appreciate it. All right, we're back. Hey, yeah. Scott. All right, South Beach Gary, sorry, I don't know what else he was saying. Yeah, he was just... And you're gone again just like that. Oh, this is wonderful technology. Oh, it's Scott, the best. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, hey, Scott, I don't think we're going to count this. You know, we might have to move our 100th show to Tuesday because I'm not going to count this, <laughs> this show. This is a half a show. show. You're still there. Yeah, okay, okay, we are. I didn't know if you uh you're my only uh measurement of of anything that really works right now is if I hear your voice. <laughs> All right. Hey, oh uh, god, we, don't we, let me be the standard of success. <laughs> well, other than that it's just uh uh nothing that uh, that we hear back here. But um so you are the standard right now and don't don't you forget it. We appreciate it. Uh we got a couple minutes left. Sure. Gary brought back a, a topic we had in the beginning of the show and we said, "Who would you like to see win a championship that hasn't won?" And Philip Rivers, we thought in the NFL. Uh, who do we? We said J.J. Watt. Maybe someone would feel that way down the road in his career. We said a yeah. Frank Gore in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just Gary South Beach Gary just brought up Ricky Fowler. I think that's a good one. But he hasn't. I, I mean, he he still seems young to me. He is young, but it would be good for the sport of golf for Ricky Fowler. He's created such a buzz with his fandom that I think it would be cool to see. And, and what about John? Da- has John Daly ever won one? Yeah, he won back oh, he in the won day. Back but I mean, he's, he, that I don't know if you have those guys. Like, yeah, you know, the, Tom Watson when he knocked on the door winning the Open Championship, that would have been cool to see again. But he'd already won so many. So that that's we're talking about first time guys, and yeah. that's why like even I thought about Phil Mickelson winning the U.S. Open would be good because it's the only one he's been a bridesmaid there so many times and he hasn't won it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really count either because he's got Masters and he's got other major championships. He's got five of them, I think. Cool. So uh, baseball. Uh, you know, baseball, if you go back in the day, like Cal Ripken, you know, those kind of guys. Uh, heck, the Red Sox had a, had a ton of guys that didn't win for so long. I'm not sure if there's that old-time vet in baseball. Right because now. it's such a young man's game at the moment 
that you sit there and say, man, I wish that guy's had such an unbelievable career. I wish he would win. I'm sure there is somebody. Yeah, Ver- Verlander got his, right, with Houston? Verlander got yeah. his. That would have been a very good one. Yeah. But nobody else is. Uh, what about Clayton Kershaw? Especially with, with his, his story, though, man, that's where a, he, well, he you can't know what? As keep winning. Good, that's, like, a, that's a good one, because as good as he is, that kind of falls into the uh, Ricky Fowler category. Yeah, because yeah. Because even though he's not old yet. No, but it seems but like every year that it's guy's been narrative He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So you'd like to see some of the greatest players of the generation, the era, win. And Clayton Kershaw would be a pretty good call, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in baseball. How about basketball? Do any come to mind in basketball right now? Uh, has Vince Carter ever won? I don't think so. I don't think he has. If anybody's due for one, it's definitely him. That would be a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, that I mean, you'll get to the stars. Like, uh, James well, Harden will yeah, win one at some point. Is Chris Paul qualified? Didn't Ripken have a World Series? Did Ripken win in the early 80s? They like 83 like 82 or something or like something? that? They might have. They might have won 82. You know, as I was saying that, I was kind of wondering. They won 82 or 83 early on when he was a rookie? They might have. They might have. Yeah. Um... Because Baltimore, believe it or not, was good one time. Uh, <laughs> Take your word for it. The so in basketball, that's uh, those guys might fit. Yeah. You know, Harden doesn't fit to me yet. No, not at all. Chris Paul, a little bit. Chris Paul could fit. Um, right, likable guy. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh yeah, for the most part. People would, um, but people around the league would would embrace that. Yep. I mean, Kawhi's already won his, so. Yeah, no one's really else is sticking out to me right now. I mean, D Wade won his. Yes, yeah, like like Wade would have been a good one. Derek Rose? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Nah, okay. I mean, I'm trying. I'm I'm digging in the bottom of the barrel here. I can't think of any. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I I think uh, each sport always yeah. has that, and you wonder. All right, you, you want to do Stanley Land real quick? quick? You got? All right. So uh, on basketball, Draymond Green comes out with a quote: "Before you can even reach anything, you have to believe it. You don't just mistakenly become great at something. You probably at one time or another believe that you could be great at that, and then you work to be great at that, and you reach that greatness. But you don't mistakenly become great, and then you start to believe. Oh man, I'm great at that." Nah, you believe that before, and you work to get that. So I always believe that, and I work every day to reach greatness. I thought that was a great quote by Draymond Green. Oh, yeah, put it in your bedroom, kids. Yeah, exactly. It could be like on one of those uh, inspirational office eagle posters that you used to see back in the day. And then uh, last but not least, pump your brakes. Paul Malinaji, Artem Lobov. Listen, your, your whole bare-knuckle boxing thing coming up. Sweet, whatever. Do bare-knuckle boxing. You can talk smack about each other. But Paul Malinaji. Don't spit in your opponent's face. Uh, okay? Uh, Robbie Alomar the, the, Yeah, there, there's a few things that uh, cross the line. Talking about family members and spitting in somebody's face. And whatever repercussions uh, come to you, whether it's Artem Lobov in his game, because that guy rolls in a pretty dangerous circle, whatever happens, man, you can't be, you can't fault it because you don't spit in somebody's face. That's uh, all I'm going to say. That's a pump your brakes for sure. Uh, yes. Hey, drive uh, safe on your way home. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us here at the Golf Club of Southampton. Had a lot of fun uh, today, and it will be the site of our Action Sports Shack Stream 18 as well on September 16th. Go to actionsportsshackstream18.com for more information on that. Back in studio tomorrow, Scott, thanks for filling in today. And uh, for Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martin. Long Ball Express, shutting down. We'll see you guys later. Fox 30 and CBS 47 later tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.